horses, mountains, dogs. Oh my. These are a few of my favorite things. They are the things that bring me home and connect me to the wisdom of my grandparents and the values I want to instill in my children. My name is Kat Caldwell-Myers. I live on a small horse farm outside of Chicago with my children, my husband. we got a couple of dogs. We all work for the cat. In this podcast, you are going to hear from some of my mentors, the folks who have helped me get back on the horse and back on my skis after injury, after illness, after pandemic, when all of us had to find ourselves over again to live our best lives. So without further ado, horses, mountains, dogs. Oh my. Hello, Dr. Toll. How are you doing? Hey, Kat. Amazing. Excellent. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. The last time we got together for an interview, it was fall. It's a totally different season now. It's winter. I think you just got back from Lapham. We did. We did. How was it? The conditions, it was chilly and it was brisk and it was special because I got to work on some things and spend some time with myself in nature and silent sports have a have a, a great place for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's something very magical about silence. Yeah. Yeah. Silence and solitude. That's a, that's a book about Yellowstone actually, and the animals in winter because everything gets really still and really quiet and they move a little slower too. So I love that. Tell me what's been happening. I wanted to catch up a little about where you are with this business we were talking about a little bit, you were working on, and then it's an interesting time in history with chickens in the USA. (laughs) Which question or story would you like to share or address first? You know, I think let's talk about the chickens. Okay. So uh, a lot of people have been watching the news and noticed that a year ago there was an illness that went through chicken farms and they had to slaughter a lot of their flock, a lot of their laying flock. And uh, everyone, all of my girlfriends and have been reaching out to me, Lauren, are they laying? Can you share? And I don't think we really think about the lifestyle or the the life cycle of chickens so much. So mine had started molting in the fall, which is where they shed all their feathers to create new feathers. They do about once every year or two. And they stop laying because all their energy goes to create beautiful chicken feathers. So then the weather gets a little darker. Our days get a little shorter with the sunlight and the chickens stopped laying. Oh, (laughs) They had not been laying for months. And finally, I, it must've been seven days ago, Grace, my daughter came in holding up this little nugget, this golden nugget held high that we, they finally started laying again. So it's, even though we're in the thick of winter, it's almost a reminder that the days are getting longer and this slumber is going to start stretching and waking up again for all of us. Wow. That's amazing. And I love that too, with what we were just talking about with the animals and hibernating and nature and slowing down, but also they're starting to wake up a little too, because spring is coming. The sun is rising a little sooner, even on a cold day like today, which I think is one degree wind chill or something like that. Right. I can attest that that is how it feels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even when you're exercising up in Lapham, right. It's, yeah. it's cold. 
And I believe that the animals are tuned into something bigger than what we can tap into, right? And that egg laying story is just such a testament to that. So I love that. I've been seeing the the TikToks with like the chicken lady in her fur coat, you know, like everybody come to me now. You know? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've got the goods. Mm-hmm. You've got the goods. You really do now. So I'll be coming over. I'd like to come over and get some eggs now. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear though, what you're offering in terms of functional medicine. We were talking about that and what you've got coming up for spring. What would you like to put out there into the world if people want to connect with you right now? I have been doing a lot of soul searching and while I learn about functional medicine and how can I put forth something that means a lot to me and that I deeply believe in. Mm -hmm. And you know, the body has this innate ability to heal itself. Sometimes we just got to get out of the way. And I've been learning a lot about the gut microbiome. Uh, It's the largest source of our immune system. It's our immune system hub, and it communicates directly with the brain. So I was thinking, what could I do that would help people the most? And actually, it is uh, kind of a spin on an elimination diet. So starting about we're going to uh, open it up here in a little bit and recruit till about mid-March for anyone who's interested and have a gentle start to this holistic functional medicine driven uh, elimination diet in the modern sense of the term. So it's for people who have general symptoms that maybe your doctor hasn't pinpointed yet, like headaches, digestive problems, sinus drainage, low energy, brain fog, depression, mood swings. Uh, asthma, joint aches, uh, just general skin irritation. Uh, a lot of those things that you come to your doctor with and they kind of scratch their head. Those are the things that we're going to be working on. Hmm. Um, yes, I'm really excited to get that out there and um, going to connect with people, hopefully with my email and through my Instagram is probably going to be the main way while we uh, get this website up and running. Awesome. And we'll put your email website you know, whatever you've got going on, we'll put that into the show notes, but some people don't look at the show notes. Do you want to just say out loud where people can find you? Spell it out. So it's going to be my name, uh, MD at gmail.com. So that's Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, T as in Tom, O-W-L-E-M-D at gmail.com. And my Instagram handle is the same at Lauren Toll MD. Beautiful. Well, I can't wait for people to hear the longer interview that we did together, but I just want to share uh, what you sent me in a text message earlier today. I am going to launch a functional medicine, modern, very holistic healing yourself through an elimination diet online course that will start mid-March, what you just said, and take off in April. And you said, I want to talk about the microbiome, which you just did, and how it is intricately tied to many of those symptoms that your Western medicine doctor has not or cannot address. So I just wanted to share that because, again, I think it circles back to what we were talking about with the animals and with nature, and that there is always something out there that's so much greater. It can't fit in a box. And often Western medicine, you know, is like, come in, let's go through the box. What's going on? Right. And you're like, oh, I don't know, kind of headaches or some of the symptoms you just shared. So this is just such a beautiful space. And I'm so excited that you're offering this. Maybe one of your first clients. (laughs) 
awesome. I can't wait to have you. Do you remember the scene in 101 Dalmatians where the dogs resemble the owners and the owners resemble the dogs, even down to how they walk (laughs) and what they're thinking about? their interests. Okay, so that's a cartoon. A great one, by the way. Classic. Thank you, Disney. But let's talk about real life. Because in real life, the animals that we are attracted to and the work that we do with them, their exercise needs, their health needs are a direct reflection of how we care for ourselves. I'm very passionate about people taking care of themselves and their animals. And that's why I've started a new signature program called Get Fit With Your Dog. If you want to find out more about this special program, you can message me on social media or send me an email through my website, www.catcaldwellmyers.com. We have a few spots available for this special personalized program you can do with your dog anywhere in the world. And I would love to work with you and connect virtually. Let's do this. It's a very exciting day, Dr. Toll. Uh, We have been waiting for this day, I think over a month. We've been talking about getting together and talking about who we are, why we came to this world, what we're up to, what's changing in the universe. And the day has finally arrived. (laughs) I'm really, really excited. There has been a lot of anticipation. There has been a lot of anticipation. Um, And I want to just start with an introduction. Great. My favorite way to do introductions, I'm going to introduce you and then you get to introduce me. Ooh, okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. So you have so many credentials and I was blown away that you're also actually my friend. We first met our children go to the same school and then in the pandemic, we came together with these pony camps Mm -hmm. and had these very special experiences. Very. Very. With horses, with ponies, out in nature, with masks on, masks off, just growing together through really trying time, a really trying time. And then we did some workshops together. We did the Healthy as a Horse workshop where we talked about health for humans, health for horses. You're an emergency physician. Do I have that right? Correct. And you're also getting into functional medicine right now. I am. And you have all kinds of awards and you've written lots of different articles for different medical papers. And I don't have it all written out before me, but we can send this to people if they want all of your yeah, credentials. Definitely. You've done a lot of amazing work in the world. Our titles, we are so much more than our title. So when I see you, when I connect with you, I see your soul and the gifts that you're here to give people. And I see that you have so many more things coming down the pipeline. Look out 2023, 2027, 2030. You have so much here to give. And I also hope we make sure to talk about the fact that you're a chicken mom. We have to talk about the fact that I am a suburban chicken mom. We have to talk about that. Um, and so many other things. I think our parties at the beach, right? And coming together with the community church and like just our ideas about spirituality and faith, you know, and how it all links back to how we take care of ourselves and take care of each other and community. We'll definitely be talking about that too. So I could say so much more to introduce you, but I think that covers a lot of who you are. Lauren. That's it. That's it, everybody. All right. Do I get to introduce you now? You do. Who am I? So I think one of my favorite parts about you that I've now been able to wrap my brain around is you are an amazing person at appreciating and embracing things that aren't measurable. Mm. Uh, Not only are you a mom at our amazing school that our kids are at, 
but you are a horse whisperer, a pony whisperer, a dog whisperer, and you have this deep connection with nature and this amazing ability to find other people where they are and bring them into this really profound and deep natural world that we have with respect for an animal, with respect for things, again, that we can't measure as far as horses go and intuition. And I can't wait to see what you're up to because it's going to be really good. All right. Now that we have our introductions out of the way, I want to talk a little bit about where we are in the world right now. I feel like some things I've heard about depression, I think we've talked about this a little Mm. bit. Historically, before the pandemic, about 13%, I believe, struggled with depression or some sort of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that coming out of the pandemic, and are we out of it or still in it, or how will we look at this time later? Who knows? But I think it was in early 2022, I heard 40% of people are struggling right now. Mm -hmm. That's almost Mm 50-50. What are you seeing as a doctor, people coming in or working in community? What could you share with us, your medical perspective on? Hey, Kat, here for a quick commercial break. If you haven't heard, my book, The Adventure Paradox, is available on Amazon. And it's been getting some really amazing reviews. It's actually been a little bit overwhelming. Uh, and maybe too much to say in the middle of this interview. So we'll get back to it. But I did want to let you know it is available. It was a bestseller in six categories. And if you really enjoy this podcast, I think you will really enjoy this book. So please go check it out. I think mental health has finally come into light. Mental health is finally not being stigmatized mental health is finally being recognized. Mm. And I think that as human beings and as medical providers, we're seeing a continuum of the spectrum of mental health, anxiety, depression, loneliness. Mm. I think we are coming to recognize and uh, starting to come up with formal ways to measure Mm -hmm. the impact of community on that, the impact of lifestyle on that. When we shut down so many people were affected because they lost these integral parts of being human that we often take for granted. I think that we are opening a new chapter for us as in humanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I strongly believe that the stigmatization of mental health is going away. Yes. And there will be hopefully more modalities for us to help and assist people and be supportive in a non- five-minute meeting with your doctor. Right, right. uh, That's going to come out of this. So speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about telehealth. Yeah. Because, you know, two things. Obviously, in the emergency room, people are coming in that, you know, you can't really call in. Or were you having people call in at any point? That's a curious question. There are ways that doctors and primary care providers will communicate with their patients if a patient so chooses to call in to say, Hey, I've got this problem. What do you, what do you think? Right. They will triage if you will. Okay. Over the phone. So, but if it's a sort of nine one one call, obviously, you know, bleeding out or whatever's going on, they're not calling in. They need to come in and (laughs) bring it in right now. Am I right? Yes. For the most part, that's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. I get to place my hands on every patient. Yes. That I see. So 
this is where coming back to the telehealth question and essentially what happened for all industries in the pandemic is that everybody went virtual where possible. Right. Again, you can't do CPR virtually. You cannot. You can't hold pressure virtually. You can't suture virtually. And I mean, look at this in the space together, you and I, right? And the incredible opportunity we have to record this and send it out over the sound waves all around the world later, right? Right. I mean, it, it is just amazing how things have changed and taken off everything that's going on. Coming back to the telehealth question, and mental health, because I've seen a lot of this online, you know, this opportunity to connect with your doctor or therapist. You know, we actually started seeing our therapist on Zoom. I haven't seen her since 2019, I don't think. We might have seen each other in early 2020, but I, I haven't even seen her in this space. But I've seen her almost every week on Zoom, right? So what are you seeing in terms of telehealth and mental health specifically. I am so happy that medicine has entered into the telehealth realm and accepted it as a in-person, as a substitute to in-person visits, Yeah, because I think it can reach many more people. I think that it can allow people to take out factors that might inhibit them from going to see someone, having to get dressed, having to get into the car, having to get directions, having to go to a new place, be uncomfortable. Lots of wonderful things that telehealth has offered us. And outside of the CPR needed intervention and hands-on intervention, telehealth has quickly become and established itself as a wonderful modality for medical professionals to utilize. So, you know, the the space that I'm trained in, and, and I have some background as a wilderness first responder, you know, obviously CPR trained, all those things. But as a life coach, when we did our life coaching certification, this is pretty standard in the industry. If you're working with someone who has a serious mental illness, Mm -hmm. dual diagnosis or addiction, Mm -hmm. right? Eating disorder, any of those things, those were considered red flags that we as life coaches weren't quote allowed through our certification Mm -hmm. process to take on because we're not qualified to take them on. Sure. One thing I've seen, and I'm curious, not sure how familiar you are with the life coaching space, but again, in the telehealth space, we were talking a little bit about functional medicine or people who are calling themselves doctors. You know, you have a PhD. MD. An MD. Yeah. Do you also have a master's though? I do not. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. 2030. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. I find this with both you and I is... and with many people as well that we're always learning, always learning and pursuing that always learning. Well, and of course I already think of you as having a PhD because I know it's in your wheelhouse. It's coming coming. intuitively. So forgive me on that MD, of course, MD, but what do you think about those qualifications versus how people can appear? And there's also, there is stigma about doctors, you know, doctors and lawyers, you know, all of that. But what do you think in terms of telehealth and people taking on clients, especially because there is this spectrum of mental health, Mm -hmm. right? And again, when I was doing that life coaching certification, it was 15 years ago. Mm. And so we were saying, you know, if they have any of these things going on, send them to Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. right? Black and white. Send them. Yeah. And now I think what we're seeing is everybody got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And some of it is what we have all collectively just been through. 
with the isolation, with not understanding what this virus is or isn't, with still not really knowing a lot of what's going on, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about the telehealth field in terms of people calling themselves a doctor or not, you know, those medical titles? I think there's a few things going on there. I think it's important for anyone who's providing services or support to another human that they need to be open and honest and disclose what capacity they have to help them. I think anyone that goes into a field of helping others wants to do good. We want to do good. We want to do what's right and what's best for our patients. Mm -hmm. And I think personally being able to recognize the limitations of that Mm -hmm. is the most important thing that we can do so that we can make sure that whomever we're treating or speaking with, that they get the best version of what they can have. I think it's also up to the patient or consumer that they understand not only themselves, but they are their own best advocate, that they're able to reach out and form their own team and have a quarterback Mm -hmm. to help them Mm -hmm. navigate the health realm. Absolutely. And I also mentioned that MDs, DOs, NDs, mm-hmm. any professional health person, mm-hmm. we're all different. Yeah. Yeah. We're all different. We're all human. Yes. We all have unique capabilities. We all have unique limitations. And I encourage anyone that if you've had a bad experience with a mental health provider, that you try another one. Yes. Because you never know what you could find. I feel like the right teacher is out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I also think that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm, yep. Right? I've had experiences I'll never forget. Uh, my favorite physical therapist in the world. We're still friends. Um, I was really intimidated by her. Huh. And not sure I wanted to work with her. So after my knee surgery, I went to a different PT who was trained by her. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked with him for a little while. And then um, finally... You know, the it, it wasn't working, right? I wasn't coming back and I needed more physical therapy. And so for my second round of physical therapy, I went to her mm-hmm. and she said, I've been waiting for you, you know? Mm-hmm. She knew you were coming. She knew. Yeah, she knew. And and it was really interesting. In some ways, we were competitors in a small market. Okay. Because right? we were also both offering fitness classes and various things. And um, I, I always think about now when we talk about competition right? Or two people working in the same field, thinking about it as collaboration. Yes. And if there are enough clients out there, right, for you to teach fitness and for me to teach fitness, it's a proof of concept mm-hmm. because there are going to be people who are more comfortable with your style and want to work with you. They're your students, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're my students. That's all good. You know what? We might have some of the same students who go back and forth or come to both of us and it's all good. Everybody finds their way, right? And everyone's usually, whether they know it or not, doing that self-work to determine where they best fit in. Yes. Well, at least we hope so. Do you feel like you're seeing more people doing the work or are you seeing coming back to mental illness? Because I'm thinking of a particular person right now who is really resisting doing the work. Mm. They know something's wrong with them, Mm -hmm. but they're resisting doing the work. Right. And it can be this kind of maddening and frustrating and difficult experience for family members or friends around someone. I'll never forget Robin Williams. Yeah. Rest in peace saying, I think he was the one who said depression, clinical depression is when there's a magic wand at the table right over there. And you tell me that if I get up and I wave that wand over my head, my depression will be gone. And I'm so depressed. 
I can't even get up off the couch yeah. to do that. How do we help those people? How do we encourage people to help themselves? And it's the lead a horse to water, but can't make them drink. Right. Uh-huh. How do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Especially as you see this stigmatization disappearing, hopefully evaporating. Right. It'd be great. And wouldn't it be awesome if our children say in 2050 looked back and were able to say, that's when mental health was still looked at this way. Right. Again, mental health, not something that's measurable necessarily. Yeah. So it's really difficult for the medical community to embrace something that isn't measurable. What I've seen is that everyone has a, everyone's got a lock and it's about finding the right key to Mm -hmm. unlock, to help them unlock. But they're the only people who can walk through that door. There's a time and a place. And if you have a receptive audience, I think being around someone who you can see with your own eyes you're outside the box and they are stuck in this box and they cannot see the whole picture is being supportive of them. Yeah. Just being there for them and knowing your limits of being supportive as well. Right. So that you can take care of yourself. Right. Holding the space. Yes. I went to a grief ceremony Mm. with some loved ones. We've, we've had a lot of loss this year. We've lost two of my grandparents we lost the pony, which was really, really difficult. And um, we lost my aunt. So a lot of loss. And I've been studying grief and recognizing grief, guess what, is a universal human experience. (laughs) And it's very interesting because a lot of the symptoms of grief or feelings or emotions very much can look like a mental illness. You can have days where you're just going, oh, ah, you know, so sad, right? Or the bargaining or the denial or the anger, you know, all of those things that are part of the grief cycle. And it doesn't just go one way. It's a cycle. You know, these are seasons. I mean, we were given these things for a reason, right? So anyways, I remember what this gal said. She said, you cannot be a container to try to hold all of the emotions and processing for all of your loved ones as they're all going through their own grief path. You can unmute yours. Yep. And it was fascinating because I wasn't able to see it. Mm. I thought I was just kind of helping everybody come up to the watering hole. And the truth was I wasn't taking care of myself. Me thinking that that was, that was working for everybody. Maybe it was working for them in some way because mm-hmm. they were actually getting to the watering hole. Mm-hmm. Even if they were walking away and going, why don't they drink? Going back to your metaphor, why don't they drink? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we all have free will, right? We have free will. And being able to understand all I can do is take care of myself. That's all you have control over. And acceptance in that is free. Finding that acceptance gives you freedom. Yeah. Gives you freedom to be your best self is accepting the fact that you are the only person you can control. I think a lot of people. So another interesting thing going on right now, the great resignation. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are finally coming to that place of realizing my job's not going to do it for me. Right. Right. Maybe my country's not going to do it for me. (laughs) My family's not going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. My husband's not going to do it for Mm -hmm. me. Although every now and then he does do the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) So great. No, I'm just kidding. My, My husband's great. So we have to do it for ourselves. And I feel like one of the greatest gifts from the pandemic is that a lot of us recognized it and embraced it and started going after the things we really came here for. Yeah. Yeah. A true for you? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Give me, you know, one, two, three things that you see in yourself, <laughs> right? That you realize I'm going after it. You know, oh, yeah. was it chickens? Was it <laughs> immediately <laughs> when I think it. Of... <laughs> Read your mind. Oh, uh, I'm not sure if my self discoveries has been parallel with the pandemic, been because of the pandemic. There has been a lot of grayness through all of that. And my husband has been so supportive. You were just talking about George. I have a wonderful supportive husband who really helps me embrace where I'm going and and comes with me. And we moved to a different home that had a bigger yard and got ourselves some chickens. Because ever (laughs) since I have met my husband, we always talked about how, well, we didn't. I talked about how I wanted chickens. Yeah. Uh, I took a hard look at myself and my life and my roles and stepped back from working as much as I was to Mm -hmm. be there more for my kids. I stepped into a different role professionally. I started investigating other roles that I'm now trying to, that I'm stepping into. I shouldn't say trying. I am stepping into the functional medicine realm. But I think the biggest that you can visually see are the chickens. Tell us about the chickens. So the chickens... I knew nothing about chickens. I like to research the death out of things before I do anything. Uh Uh, I didn't. Not with the chickens. I said, babe, I want some chickens. And I found someone, a farmer who's about 30 minutes away, who said, I'll have them hatched for you in four weeks. I said, (laughs) so what kind of chickens are these? Frantically Googling. Uh, And four weeks later, I picked up I think we got nine chickens at that point, baby chicks, and raised them in our laundry room until they were too dirty. And then they moved to the garage. And it was a really fun experience that I thought was for me, but ended up being great for the entire family. My daughter has, how old was she when we got the chickens? Probably five. Uh And she has become a part of, become a chicken mom. Yep. Yep. Uh, It's been really cool because we've been able to watch a completely different animal that is not familiar to this area really because we're in this in we're tr- we're in a truly suburban area to watch the effect on not only neighbors as I was getting permission to have chickens I had to ask the town for permission to have chickens and it was fun because it brought that community element together too because my next door neighbors reached out and said aren't they noisy you know we're really concerned that they're going to wake us up and oh are they noisy Google, Google, Google. Uh, actually. If they are, you're not going to hear them. Um, So it it has brought us together with our neighbors who then subsequently got chickens. I could talk about chickens forever. Can you tell? Uh, Yes. Our next door neighbors, the ones who were hesitant about us having chickens ended up getting their own. So that is so special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's been, we've had our ups and downs with our hens. Mm. There, there've been some, some hen deaths, which has been great to have my family a part of the circle of life. Yeah. And I remember things come to you when they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I remember maybe a few weeks before I found our first chicken that had died of natural causes Mm -hmm. that you had and I had had a discussion about how we introduce children to this. Do we hide them from it? You're talking about the pony? Yes. Do we explain it to them? What do we share with them? And having that conversation with Grace when I found that the hen that had passed away of natural causes and bringing her into that and, and making it a great 
moment for us. The chickens have brought us a lot. Yeah. How many tangents can I go on with the chickens? So many. So (laughs) many. And I remember getting you the chicken talk book. Yes. That's a famous. We love that chicken talk book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But chickens, you know, similar to horses. And if we think about our ancestors a hundred years ago, they didn't have cars, right? They didn't have all of this technology. Telehealth, Mm -hmm. you know, lighting, right? When you had a local doctor Mm -hmm. who knew you, right? Who was going to come by horse and buggy to deliver the baby. (laughs) And it might be 12 and 24 hours until that happens. Exactly. Because it might take 12 hours for them to hear about it. Yep. Just time was so different. And I feel like animals return us to that. We talk a lot about horse time. We talk about chicken time, dog time, cat time. But they also, they just bring us into the present moment. Slow us down to those really basic needs. I heard a great quote I wanted to share with you, which was, um, so and we could use any discipline, but just since we were talking about horses, let's just say beginner horse people learn the basics. Intermediate horse people learn intermediate things. Advanced horse people learn advanced things. And master horse people learn the basics. (laughs) Yes. Why? Because we need to go back to having chickens. Yes. You know, like, where did the egg come from? Mm -hmm. Where did the egg come from? What happened to be able to have that egg in front of you? Mm -hmm. What happened to be able to have that chicken wing in front of you? That chicken isn't a machine. It's not a machine. There's so much input that goes into that. Well, and talking about seasons. Totally. Tell us about the the life cycle season of your chickens, what you've seen and eggs and and what you've used it to teach your children or your neighbors or yourself. Tell us a little about that. I think we expect ourselves to always be productive. And Mm -hmm. I think stillness is completely underrated. And everyone assumes that a hen lays one egg a day. They they don't. don't. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) They don't. Uh, as the days get shorter, as far as the lighting is concerned, as they have time and they need to molt where I didn't know chickens molted, they lose their feathers and grow new ones. They're not producing eggs mm-hmm. and that's okay. They need their rest too. And we joke at my house cause we like to have a, we like to keep everything lighthearted in my house huh. that they're, they're freeloading currently <laughs> because none of them are laying. Everyone's molting except for. One hen, we're done. We're, we have five hens right now. Uh, they don't, they don't lay every day mm-hmm. and watching them has allowed me to explain to my children, the seasons of life, mm-hmm. the seasons of, for me, what I've seen as an adult processing the fact that productivity is not everything yeah. and delivering that one egg in the, re- uh, in the nesting box every day. That's draining and stressful and you need time to recharge. So do the heads. Yes. Yes. For everything, there is a season. Yes. Something we have been focusing on a lot as we're going into winter here. Uh, sick season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard my daughter say to me, mommy, being sick is just a part of life. Oh, that's wonderful. It's, it is. It is. We're not supposed to be a hundred percent healthy all the time. Nope. I mean, I think it's interesting. Let's just talk about beauty for a second, just for fun, right? Because it does become a medical thing with the eating disorders, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But 
We're not meant to look like a 25 year old all the time. Nope. Right? Darn it. Dang we're it not. all. You know, in the same body that we were in as a teenager. We're not by design supposed to do that. Right? right? That's cultural. And yes. I feel like some things are shifting. And so with sickness, I mean, that's a very interesting point in our society because pre-2020, 2019, workhorse mentality. Yep. I have a little sniffle, but I'm coming to work. Do workhorses really, on, a, on the horse topic, I have a question for you. Sure. Are workhorses 24-7, 365? So the workhorse idea is that, yeah, you work them, you work them, you work them, you work them. You've read Black Beauty? A few times, but in a... Yes, it's been a while. Okay. Okay. So if you remember in black beauty, you know, he has multiple owners and the average horse has seven owners and it's like, okay, so that's a pretty standard story. Right. But when he's a workhorse, he works as a taxi cab horse. Okay. 12 hours hitched up 12 hours, right? Work horse. So your fancy show horses or the gentleman's horse, the gentleman's Mm -hmm. horse needs to be fit enough to get him from point A to B at maybe a fast trot or a gallop in an hour, hour and a half, two hours, but he's not going to be the workhorse. The workhorse is like the big draft horse, work, work, mm-hmm. work, work. And they burn him out faster. Yeah. They have shorter lifespans. And the other piece is when the workhorse doesn't work anymore, their life is over. Mm. 50% of horses do not die of natural causes. Okay. Horses are expensive to feed when they no longer serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that have been good for horses in terms of cars and so on, taking over some of those workhorse jobs. It's a great question. I could talk all day about the workhorse thing, yeah. <laughs> but there is something to it. And, you know, we talk about lesson horses, mm-hmm. a horse who's having to do the beginner conversation over and over, having a mouthful, you know, having someone get on, they can go sour okay, because they're becoming a lesson horse and other horses. They really don't mind that. They're happy doing that. It's, it's what they came here to do. They don't mind kids pulling on them. They deal with it. And then everybody has their line where you realize, Ooh, eight lessons a day is too much for this horse. They're happy. Happy spot is five. So great, great question. <laughs> but going back, going back, <laughs> Did did I answer it fully? Yes. Okay. Okay. The workhorse mentality where people would work through being sick. Mm -hmm. And now it's so interesting because if you cough in 2022 in a room, the whole room. Yeah. And I had this experience on an airplane recently Mm. and you can't, you can't move away. No. You're there. You're going through all of these talk about mental Oh my gosh, is it RSV? Is it COVID? Like, what's going Is that the flu? Am I going to get it? Should I put a mask on? Do I still have a mask with me? You know? what, what do you think about how we're shifting as a culture in how we look at sickness right now? I think the definition of sickness varies from everyone, from person to person, too. Uh, from my personal perspective, what I've seen. And what I've seen with my patients too, so not just personal, is that sickness is finally being taken more seriously. Yeah. That there is, we need to give each other grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think capitalism and consumerism has demanded that we're all machines. Right. And we know that's not true. Yeah. And I think that that's finally being recognized. And that's why, why wouldn't you move to tell, or why wouldn't you move to uh, quit your job and, and move to a virtual position when you can have your focused flow work hours to be your best self yeah. in the environment that you choose? Yes. 
uh, and have the flexibility because that gives you the opportunity to do some self-care right? and prevention to prevent yourself from getting sick. But like you said, we all get sick. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is that we're finally giving it a little bit of due diligence. So I imagine, let's go back a hundred years ago again, a hundred years ago, when you had a runny nose or you had a cough, you're not going to get in the carriage and the horse and buggy and go to the party. You're not. Because you're sick. And if you push through with that workhorse mentality of, I got to be there from nine to five. I got to be at the party. I got to be at the, you know, our lives are so busy, so overscheduled, right? If you do that a hundred years ago, you're going to die. You're going to get pneumonia. You know, it was not a laughing matter that people would push, push, push. And now going back to Western medicine, Mm -hmm. having these drugs, having these medications Mm -hmm. where we can mask it. Yes. Mask it, but like I took something. So physically take your decongestant. Now Now you're not sick anymore. And I have energy and and everything's fine, but you're on drugs. Right. Like what is that? And, and I feel like, have we finally tapped out or are people still working at that? Does that make sense to try to power through and take something? And I mean, I totally take lots of vitamins. I'm all about the vitamins. I'm all about the healthy nutrition, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the thing that maybe is being returned to us finally is that some things aren't natural. Right. And it is true for each person. It's different. There are certainly days where I've had to take Sudafed to take the flight, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? And not get an ear infection. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for all things. But I like what the Greeks say, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Even moderation. Even moderation. Right? Even moderation. But, you know, I feel like, have we reached the tipping point where we're starting to go back to remembering that we're human beings who also have a season? I, I don't know that we molt, but I kind of think our hair gets thicker in the winter. I know I definitely want a scarf. My clothes all get thicker. Are we finally coming back to a more natural order of things? It is on the horizon. I see it. And whether that's I'm, because I'm personally searching for it in my profession, or whether that's because I've become more accepting of it personally, mm-hmm. yes. And we need it if we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if we just push through things and we ignore our illness and we don't listen to our bodies, that we will burn out faster. You're going to hit a wall. You're going to get to a point where you look around and the life around you is not what you thought it was. And what's wonderful about that is if you can recognize that and you're willing to, you can build it up the way that you want it to. Uh, I am hopeful with the pandemic that anyone who's not in healthcare has become keenly educated on illness, the immune system illness. There's a lot of talk about now about the the gut and the microbiome and uh, leaky gut. And are we doing everything we can to take care of ourselves? And there is a time and a place for pharmaceuticals, Mm -hmm. I think. Emergency medicine is the epitome of the time and the place for Western medicine. <laughs> Touche. And I'm super grateful for it. But there's also a daily time and a place for self-care and taking the time to boost our immune systems and talk about things that support us at a seasonal change. Yeah. I have so much to say about this. Keep going. But there are 
people out there. And I want to tell everyone who's listening and everyone who's watching that there are doctors out there who want to help you no matter what you're going through and want to be there for you for prevention, want to be there for you in sickness. And it's just making sure that you find that for yourself and be true to yourself. Yeah. And it's okay to recognize your limitations. Yeah. It's okay to say no. It's okay to step back. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Something uh, I love Dean Graziosi. He's a great life coach. You can look it up, but he talks about you have to give yourself permission, which is hard. So easy to say so hard, so hard. But the great thing is once we can see, I'm not doing this because I'm not allowing myself to do this. Then we can figure out, and he also talks about what they call the seven layers deep. I don't remember if he came up with that or Tony Robbins came up with that, but it's okay. And under that, what's under that? Well, I can't go see the doctor today because I've got to go to work and I got to, and then I got to do this thing for the kids. Uh Uh-huh. And what's under that, right? You are preaching to the choir right now. (laughs) Now we're getting into root cause medicine, which is functional medicine at its core. But why? And I don't think we ask that enough about ourselves. And when we're sick, we just will take a cough, med- a cough drop or a decongestant and, and move along. But why? Why did I get sick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just had a very interesting experience getting sick. I don't know if I told you about this yet. I don't know. I went to California for a retreat. I was gone for nine days. I'm so glad you took that time to do that. <laughs> That must have been hard to accept. It was really hard. (laughs) As a mom, you know, getting out of town and getting the ranch all buttoned up and my business and everything, it was really hard to be gone for nine days. And then I went to this incredible event. I went to this incredible retreat. And the whole time, I'd left my children and my husband behind sick. Oh. And I actually left a day early because I felt like maybe I was kind of coming down with it. Mm. I left a day early. We spent a day in the hotel resting. Okay. And I felt like it was kind of going away, but I was losing my voice a little bit. This was a podcasting retreat. Okay. With podcasters. And then I spent the weekend with a really old friends in Pasadena, saw my cousins and relatives and had a wonderful time. And the cough attack came on Sunday afternoon <sighs> with a vengeance. But I was like, no, I got it. I got it. You know, I paid a lot of money for this mm-hmm. retreat. Da, da, da the next day. And then I went to the retreat. And again, in the morning, I was like, I really don't feel a hundred percent, but I'm not sick enough not to go. Okay. So I went and in our very first meditation, the cough attack. Mm. And it was a really serious one. It was reminding you it was there. (laughs) It was, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So I end up in the bathroom. I had to leave the circle literally on my knees, coughing, Mm. trying to get it back, putting in the sucky drop. Finished the retreat that day, lost my voice, went home with a couple of my retreat roommates. They all went out to dinner. I was like, I'm just going to take a bath. I need to rest. Woke up the next morning, really sick, Mm. horrible headache, had to pull out of the retreat. Because at that point I realized, you know, I'm too sick to go to work, Mm -hmm. right? I'm too sick, but I've paid so much money. Mm. This is the kind of thing to power through. And do you know how hard it was to be brave enough to say, Mm. I need to know what you can do for me. I don't think I can come in today. Mm-hmm. And also recognize, I don't want to expose anybody else. 
was pretty sure what I had going on was long COVID. We tested positive for COVID in September. Mm-hmm. And here I'd gotten going. I've been doing all of this activity. Because when you take away your horses and your dogs and your kids, your whole life at the ranch, you got a lot of energy freed up. <laughs> and so even though I thought I was resting and getting to that set point, I was also doing a lot of running around at these big events yeah. all over Los Angeles. It was, it was a lot of active people. Highly stimulating. Highly stimulating, but also good. You know, a lot of breath work, a lot of energetic conversations and, and really amazing content. Mm. But I've been meditating on now and I actually made a whole course about being sick. Mm. Because what's it like when you're actually sick? When you lose your voice and you just have to go through the simple things of just chicken noodle soup. <laughs> Be disciplined about the remote control and the couch. This yes. is all you've got today. Accepting the laundry is piling up. Yep. And, and I was looking at, I was trying to outrun sickness. Mm-hmm. That's our old thinking, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the workhorse mentality. Mm-hmm. And even with all this stuff that I know about it, I ran right into that. And I ended up being so sick when I flew home. My ears, I forgot to take the Sudafed. Oh, it was so painful mm-hmm. coming down, yeah. the whole thing. And then, thank God I was home, then the waterworks started, the whole situation. But, and I was too sick to go to a dog competition that weekend, so blah, 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 blah. But what was really going on? We go seven levels deeper. Like, what do you think? And piece of it, I think, is that we can't outrun sickness in the same yeah. way. And when you do seven levels deep at a certain point, no matter what it is, the fact is we're going to die. I have this morbid joke that everyone's worried about death and it catches people off and it catches people when you tell them, you know, we're, we're all going to die. And it's true. It's morbid, but it's the truth. And and people are so fearful of it. Right. Right. Like death is not a laughing matter. I mean, I was at a party recently where I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but she said, I mean, it's not as if anyone's died. (laughs) Yeah. Uh huh. And I remember thinking, gosh, why do we even say that? I don't say that because I do know what it feels like when someone has died. Mm-hmm. And you know what? People die, mm-hmm. right? There are going to be moments. And does that mean someone died? You were talking about the life cycle with the chickens. Mm-hmm. I've actually had experiences where the loss of an animal has been harder for me than mm-hmm. the loss of some humans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's okay. And that's normal. Again, it's all part of life. Yeah. It's part of that connection. And if it's an animal that's really so closely connected to us in our web, mm-hmm. right? When the queen died, mm-hmm. I felt that really deeply. Mm-hmm. Right? I felt that really, really deeply. You know, not as deeply as some of the Brits and so on, sure. or the family, of course, but really felt it, what she did for the world and all of that. So, what I'm coming back to is when we talk about sickness being a part of life and also death being a part of life and connection and community and all of these things, right? What, what is it that you feel you're called to give or could speak to on that with, with everything I just shared, which was a lot. (laughs) What comes to mind to me is some metaphors. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think life is, a sine wave, which is up and down and up and down, Mm. up and down. And what I've learned from my meditation retreats and readings and practice is that we, our goal is balance Mm. and one side is sickness and and one side is the marathon running. Mm -hmm. And 
our goal is to just stay right in between mm. just to find that balance mm-hmm. and whatever that means for you and whatever that means for me and everybody listening and watching it's personal. Yeah. But taking the time to reflect on that and find out what your middle ground and your balance is to, you know, a sine wave does this, mm-hmm. but the average of all of that is just a straight line right down the middle, <laughs> uh, is getting towards homeostasis. Yeah. And homeostasis, of course, is the medical term for balance at a cellular level. Oh, I might, I love that. I love that so much. One thing I heard recently, and believe it or not, we've been talking for about an hour. <laughs> so we'll start to bring it back. But um, but something I heard recently is, do you have any idea what your personal battery charge is today? Per- personally. Well, this has been fun because this has been something I've been looking forward to. So my battery is filling up. Right. Uh Gosh, my personal battery charge today. Connection. Mm. Time with my family. Mm -hmm. And movement and being outside. Mm. That's my personal battery charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can see when it's depleted, Mm -hmm. right? So I think for me, you know, that story talking about the sickness and the body and all that stuff but I knew each day I woke up I might be at about maybe 70% okay you know just sort of the glimmer and I was doing the right things to do the recharge but sometimes no matter what we do the charge just isn't taking yeah it's like working with one of those cheap chargers that you get at the gas station where you're like I've had a charger for an hour it's still a 10% what is going on but it's that experience where there's something else we need to do that is just part of part of life and mm-hmm. being sick, et cetera. So that I'm thinking about that. I love that idea of the sine wave mm-hmm. and homeostasis. And I'm guessing that people who have been listening to us for an hour may be interested in connecting with you. I would love that. Yeah. If anyone is interested in connecting with me, I'm currently working on myself professionally as well as personally, always. always. Uh, and uh, the best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Lauren Toll MD. So that's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-O-W-L-E-M-D. And you can find me there. And I can't wait to meet you there and connect with you and send me a DM and any questions you might have. Perfect. Instagram is great. Yes. It is great. It's yeah. a great way to reach people. Yeah. It's a great way to find like minds. and Yeah. Especially the professional space on there. Yeah. Have you, just speaking of that in sort of a final wrap up, if there's anyone else, teachers that you're seeing or mentors or other doctors who are moving into this functional medicine space, because again, where we're headed is changing. Oh yeah. Who are you looking up to or who would you recommend if people are interested in who, who you're reading? Sure. Yeah. This is a great question. Uh, so I really got interested in the Heartfulness Institute and they do a lot with meditation. The Institute of Functional Medicine is a wonderful place to talk about functional medicine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot forget about integrative medicine either. That's separate from functional medicine, uh, but there's so much overlap. They might as well be one and the same. Who am I currently following? There's a super cool chick who's an MD and her name's Casey Means, mm-hmm. and she's really into metabolic health. Mm. She is a, a really great wealth of information. I look into Mark Hyman as well. And who else do I really love these days? 
Gosh, put me on the spot. Yeah, you can come back to it later, and we'll we'll put we it will. in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a great download. I knew you'd have one. <laughs> Speaking of a download, I like to ask this as sort of a finale question. So, part of why we call this show "Horses, Mountains, and Dogs." Mm is that these are the things that make my soul sing. Mm -hmm. And I've discovered when you connect around these things with people, their souls also sing. But it might not be horses, mountains, and dogs for you. It might be chickens, beach. What would you say your three are? And and the other thing I like to think about, you can share this too if you want, but you know, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. Mm -hmm. Things we're afraid of. And then there are tiger whisperers. You know, there are people who are not afraid of, you know, right? The same. Some people are very fearful of horses. I mean, we could have a whole other conversation right. about the work you did personally to be able to work with horses. Oh know, yeah, which was really profound. But what are the things on your deathbed yep. that you think you'll think about that made? And obviously, family is, you know, it's of course we all have that. But right. when we think about these things that are here on this incredible planet, mm-hmm. what are your three? my three things. Well, I can definitely come up with one and making sure that I connect and ground myself in nature, just being outside in the physical world. Yeah. The second is feeding my body with great fuel Mm. and focusing on nourishment. And that's how I really focus on nourishment Mm -hmm. within that realm. Mm -hmm. And third would be learning. Mm. I am a learner of life and a learner of this planet. And I think that's where I would park myself. Beautiful. I see you there. Thank you, Dr. Toll. Thank you. Is there any final words of wisdom? I've covered so much that you want to leave people with. Uh, Be true to yourself. And if you are looking for something, whether it's in the healthcare realm or personal health and wellness, just keep looking. You are your own best advocate. And people like Kat and I believe in you. And if we work for you, great. And if we don't, we will support you. Yeah. Find your person. Find your person. Or your animal. (laughs) Or tree. Or your animal or chicken or dog. What a great episode. It has been so fun to be with you. I recorded many of these in my hayloft and I would love to share my hayloft with you. If you want to see what that looks like or smell it, I wish I could bring you into the, the smell of hay. You know, it's really just dried grass, okay? So you can probably find some (laughs) at a park near you. Meanwhile, if you would like to connect on social media, see our animals, see some of our training trips, get to know us a little bit better, you can find me on all the platforms. Cat Caldwell Myers. If you're not on social media, you could email me. I would love to hear from you. Please connect with me on my website, catcaldwellmyers.com. You can find the spelling in the show notes. And if you loved this show, please share it with a friend. Drop me a review. Subscribe. That way you can stay up to date with what we have going on. And I would love to hear from you what you would like to hear. And have yourself a beautiful day. Get out there and smell the hay.